We're podcasting from the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services. I'm Public Affairs Officer Taylor Henry. And with us today is Lieutenant Colonel Father Brian Kane of the Nebraska Army National Guard. Welcome, Father Kane. Thanks. Great to be with you. Uh, give us abbreviated background on your uh, history. How did you come to be a Catholic priest, and how did you become to be a, an Army National Guard chaplain? I'd be happy to. I, I grew up in Silver Spring, Maryland, but my mom is from Nebraska, so I attended college at the University of Nebraska. I got involved at the Newman Center there, and after three years of college studies, I discerned God was calling me to be a priest, so the bishop sent me to study at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary in Philadelphia, and I began my studies in 1994 and was ordained a priest in 2000 without any thought of serving as a chaplain in the United States military. But I, by God's plan, ended up back at the Newman Center in, at the University of Nebraska uh, in my third year as a priest. And it was at that time that some students who were in the National Guard uh, started looking for a priest that might consider joining as a chaplain, because at the time we didn't have any priest chaplains in, in Nebraska. So they started trying to talk me into it. I was not very uh, keen to the idea at first, but I started praying more about it. And, and I thought, well, I'll write my bishop a letter and see what he says. And he wrote back, and he said, that's a great idea. I think we need to make sure we're caring for our Catholics who serve in the National Guard. So off I went to Fort Jackson, South Carolina in uh, 2003 and 2004 for basic training and and uh, began my service in the Army. And for part of that time, you have served in Iraq, is that correct? That's correct. So I deployed with the unit that I was assigned to, the 67th Area Support Group, and we deployed to the Al-Anbar province of western Iraq for a year at Al-Assad Air Base, and I served there uh, basically ministering to the Marines, soldiers, anybody else who was, who was anywhere in that vast part of western Iraq uh, during a pretty pretty violent and, and, and challenging time, so there's a great need for, for Catholic priests there. So walk us through a day in the life of a chaplain in Iraq at, in 2005. Yeah, we, we, there were a couple of different scenarios that would take place. The base where I was, Al-Assad, was sprawling former Iraqi Air Force Base. So it had anywhere from ten to 12,000 personnel at a time on it, mostly Marine Corps at the time. And we had multiple chapels across the base, and so I would... It'd be an opportunity to celebrate daily mass, to provide counseling to soldiers from my unit, as well as civilians and, and members of the military from from you know across the base. Uh, we would really try and practice ministry of presence. We'd, we'd go and visit mortuary affairs. We'd visit the field hospital on the base. We would we would reach out to commanders to see what support they needed, and, and to and to soldiers, and uh, really just to try to to be a the presence of Jesus uh, for, for those people. And there were certainly challenging times, you know, when you had wounded coming in or you had deaths or you could, we conducted memorial ceremonies and did counseling. And you know, also helped a lot of people who are struggling and, and being separated from their family. You know, if you think about moms and dads being away from their kids, from their spouses, single soldiers being separated from their families. There, there are a lot of of challenges that people don't always think about that are connected to being gone for a year or longer. So that, that kept us pretty busy. And then the other challenge was in, in that entire region of Iraq, there were at, at, at one point only one or two Catholic priests to cover 
vast area and, and multiple forward operating bases. So the Marine Corps basically provided travel for my chaplain assistant and myself. And we traveled over 5,000 miles that year by convoy and air, going to all these little bases that didn't have a priest. And, you know, uh, service members would be lucky to, to see a priest maybe every month. And when we would get to one of these bases, we would land and they would know we were coming. The other chaplains there would have, have let everybody know that a priest was on his way and hear confessions, counseling, we'd celebrate Mass, we'd spend some time there and providing support for them too. So it was it was, uh, it was a busy time, but really a, a very moving time. There's lots of great stories too of, of, of my encounters and, and experiences of, of trying to be, you know, provide and remind people of the presence of Jesus in the middle of a combat zone. Can you share some of those with us? Yeah, a few that come to mind. One was uh, Christmas. You know, everybody really, the commanders and everyone really made an effort to to try to get Christmas mass for as many bases as possible. And so my chaplain assistant and I, over the course of 31 hours, celebrated 10 Christmas masses. And so about every three hours, they'd load us up on a convoy or on a helicopter, and we'd just fly or drive from one place to the next, starting Christmas Eve all day and then all day on Christmas Day. And the first place we went to is this little forward operating base uh, near the border with uh, Iraq and Syria. And we landed at the base, and there were two young Marines who came running out and to the helicopter. And you know, that's not the most usual thing. And so as we got further away from the helicopter, I kind of tried to hear what they were saying, and, and they both said, Father, we want to go to confession. You know, it's Christmas Eve, we want to go to confession. And like, well, I, I'd be happy to do that. We're going to head to the chapel, and I'm going to do that. And I said, Father, we were already over at the chapel, and there is a line around the building of, of, of Marines who want to go to confession, and we want to make sure we get to go. <laughs> so their, their ingenuity paid off. We, I heard their confessions as we walked over to the chapel, got there, heard confessions for everybody's confessions were heard and, and then celebrated a beautiful Christmas Eve Mass in this chapel made out of plywood you know, they built. And I brought music sheets and, and you know, they, these young Marines there with their, with their weapon at their side, you know, singing Silent Night, you know, and it, it was hard not to have tears come down your eyes as that was just, that scene was just repeated, you know, throughout those next 30 hours. Uh, that next, that day, we got delayed because of a, a sandstorm that came up. So I was supposed to be at another small base for Christmas midnight mass. And we were going to fly. We couldn't fly. The convoy was delayed. So we ended up getting there by convoy at about 2.30 in the morning. And I thought for sure, you know, everybody would be asleep and they'd go to bed. But I get to this little chapel, and it's full. And they've been waiting for two and a half hours, we're hoping that the priest would, would come for Christmas Eve Mass, uh, and, you know, we were, we were tired, but we had a, a, just a, a moving, you know, celebration of, of the birth of Jesus, really just a few hundred miles away from where it, where it first took place, you know, 2,000 years ago. Uh, and so that, that fervor and that, that desire uh, for faith and for those things that are so important don't go away when people get, get, get deployed. It's just, it's just more difficult to bring those things to them. How long were you there in 2005? 2005, we were there for, for about uh, 14 months, our deployment was. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's another, another story that, that comes to mind is uh, 
we 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 were we were at another small base, and it was a point where the Marines had pushed forward and were conducting a more aggressive operation, and they knew that casualties could come about. And we were out at this base, and we are getting ready to leave, and we got a notification that that the uh, a group of Marines had been hit by a booby trap building and that, that wounded Marines and, and Marines who had been killed were being brought to, to this little forward operating base. And so we go down to the field hospital and we're waiting for the first ones to arrive and my chaplain assistant at the time who happened to be in nursing school was asked to help care for some of the most critically wounded marines and did a, a great job of stabilizing them uh, in fact he received the bronze star for for his work especially that day and uh, i was going to bed to bed with the protestant chaplain who was there and this one marine who had lost his arm i, I shared with him that as a catholic priest he goes he didn't know he'd lost his arm yet. He, he was laying down and said, Father, I want to go to confession. And you know, there's doctors and people working all around him. And, he, and I said, well, there's all these people here. And he goes, I don't care. So I, I leaned my ear over, and he whispered his confession into my ear. I anointed him. We were there when the doctor shared with him that he had lost his arm. And the, the guy who, you know, who was like three feet away, laying on the stretcher next to him, was kind of watching all this happening. and said, what, what are you guys doing? And he said, this young Marine said, this is a priest. I just got to go to confession. And the guy in the bed next to him said, Father, I want to go to confession too. Uh, so I leaned over and, and heard his confession. And for the rest of that day, we, just, we went from bed to bed, praying with, with soldiers, you know, regardless of denomination or anything else, but just providing spiritual comfort in such a, a challenging time. And we'd go over to the mortuary affairs and we'd pray over the bodies of the Marines who have been killed. We'd, we'd provide support to the Marines who have a really difficult job of processing the bodies of Marines. And, and, uh, and, and, and that's, you know, that's just a little snapshot of, 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 of why I think it's so important to have priests serving as chaplains in the military, you know, is that we need that, that spiritual presence in those difficult times for, for our service members. And you went back to Iraq in, what, 2010? Yes, so then I, I returned again with the same unit, although we had received a new mission. So we were now a battlefield surveillance brigade. We had about 1,500 soldiers, and this time we were in southern Iraq. And things in Iraq had certainly changed over you know, over four years, four and a half years. It was, it was less violent, but the thing that I found is that there is more people with multiple deployments, and, uh, and the, you know, the, the challenges that come from, from being gone again for a year. And so we did a lot of counseling a lot of traveling to different bases and, and trying to, uh, at the same time, provide some, some guidance as, as things were starting to wind down. So we were starting to close bases and close chapels and, and slowly make our way out of Iraq and, and you know, the opportunity to make sure that that was done in a dignified way, a good way, and, and still trying to kind of hand things over to the people of Iraq as best as we could and and, and again, to support the, the soldiers who were there, you know, for that for that second deployment, and uh, it was it was a different experience the second time, but but one that was was just as as important and and, and really a, you know very fulfilling one of, of traveling to different bases, and again, just with the shortage of priests, we'd have we'd have people who hadn't seen a priest for 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 a month or longer. In fact, there was a span of time where I I didn't see another priest for two and a half months, and I, I remember at, at this one 
in a little airport where I was waiting for a flight. I saw another priest who I knew walk in the other door as I was getting ready to leave. I almost, you know, almost started to cry. It's like, oh, it's great to see another priest, and we got to sit and visit and hear each other's confessions and just kind of be able to support each other. Uh, so I think here at home we take all this so much for granted. You know, we have confession that's so readily available, and you can have your pick of, of masses from whatever parish is most convenient to you, but we sometimes forget it's not always that easy. We've heard a lot in recent years about the secularization of the military and uh, efforts to um, resist the practice of uh, the exercise of religious freedom. What's your experience? Were you ever put under any kind of pressure to uh, not uh, share your faith? Yeah, that's a question that, that I have gotten more often, and I can I can say that I have never in my 14 years as a, as a chaplain in the Nebraska Army National Guard and two deployments have, have felt restricted in what I should say or do. And I think some of it is a little bit of, there's a little bit of hype sometimes about, about that concern. I think there are other cases where there really is legitimate concern about people overstepping their bounds and, and, and kind of regulating the chaplain's obligation to the free exercise of religion that's constitutionally protected for for our service members, and uh, I think that uh, the the role of the chaplain is to provide and perform whatever it is that, that the soldiers need, and and then also that we're never required to, to do anything that's contrary as a chaplain to what our endorser, our, our faith belief uh, instructs us to do. And so that, for me, it's not been a challenge, and I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. We've heard other criticism from other quarters, including some Catholic circles that uh, express the opinion that uh, the church should not be involved in uh, the military in any way. Uh, the message of Christ is peace and the mission of the military is war. What are your thoughts along those lines? You know, it, it, it makes sense that people kind of scratch their head. And, and sometimes if I'm in public and they see me in my uniform and you know, the insignia on my uniform is that it was a Christian cross. That people are like, well, how, how do those things go together? And I think a couple things that, uh, for me, the biblical passage that that what what greater love does one have than to lay down one's life for one's friends? You know, that image of self-sacrificing love for those who are in need. And I think that that in the in the case of where just war exists, that we have members of our military who are willing to die every day for people who are in need, who can't defend themselves, who are being oppressed, who are who are in harm's way. And I think that those people who are willing to make that ultimate sacrifice deserve and need to have the spiritual support that, that they have the right to have. And so it, it is a fine line. Chaplains, for example, are non-combatants, so we don't carry a weapon, we don't train in, in any type of, of, uh, of combat, and uh, we instead have a chaplain assistant who serves as as among other important duties, are as our kind of our bodyguard, uh, and especially in the midst of a combat zone. But I, I think there's a proper place for it if it's done correctly. And I think my experience has been that 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 Catholics should should really be supporting. I think the work of what the Archdiocese, the military, is trying to do and, and provide priests for our military. And when you're not deployed or otherwise active in the. Uh Nebraska Army National Guard, you are at uh, 
St. Charles Borromeo Seminary in Philadelphia as Dean of Men. Tell us a little bit about your uh, work there. Yeah, so last year I was loaned by my bishop to work at the seminary where I attended for six years and was ordained from, and it's a privilege to be back and to share and kind of see how these things overlap. But the Church has been forming men to go into spiritual battle for many years, and my experience of, of working with the military and preparing men and women to go into battle, I think, do have overlap. And what I was saying before about that, that idea of self-sacrifice and discipline and, and faith and trust in, in other people and a willingness to serve, uh, those are things that we need our priests, to, our future priests, to be well-grounded in. And, and it's something that I can share through my military experience as well, an, an opportunity of of forming young men to, to go out into parishes and, and and to do that kind of work. So it's been a real privilege for me to, to be able to serve here and see how those two worlds overlap a little bit. And as you well know, the military chaplaincy uh, is uh, suffering a severe shortage of Catholic priests. Uh, is there any hope on the horizon for uh, uh, you working with vocations? Do you, see, uh, do you see other prospects coming along? Do you think this will... Uh, yeah get better over time? Yeah, there's there's definitely an interest in young men, and it's been a providential opportunity for me to be here and share my experiences of service in the military with, with the young men who are here. We actually have young men here who are co-sponsored by the military archdiocese and who are going to be serving as active duty chaplains. In fact, today we have an Army recruiter who's here on campus visiting with men who, are, who might be interested in serving as chaplains, so we try to provide those opportunities them across all the branches to come to the seminary to, to get them to think about it, to pray about it, and to see how, whether it's active duty or reserves or National Guard, if they have the, the permission from their bishop and the ability to do it, they could, they could serve as chaplains. We've been talking with Father Brian Kane, a lieutenant colonel in the Nebraska Army National Guard. Father Kane, thank you for joining us, and thank you for your service. Thank you, and thanks for the prayers of everybody who's listening to this. All of you will be in my special prayers as well.